from the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Start three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to About That Life Podcast. We're here um, to talk a little bit of AAU basketball, high school ball, everything in between so we can give parents out there, players out there, some type of perspective on what to expect in this AAU game. So hopefully um, we'll have a good show for you. Haven't done it in a while. Uh, Coach MJ, it's his wife's birthday, so he is out. So I have a guest host who's also been a recurring guest here, Um, Coach and uh, courtside director uh, 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 OJ Elijah and then um, we'll we'll get to him in a second. But and then we got a new guest, uh, coach, director, trainer, overall uh, helping kids out with the youth, uh, Fred Blue. So I'm glad you're here, man. Um, we'll we'll get right to it uh, in a sec. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to. Uh, my sponsors, Dr. Dish, appreciate you. Uh, best shooting machine on the planet. Of course, they're the best shooting machine because they're the sh- machines in my club, um, and they're making my kids better at shooting. If you're looking for a discount, please use About That Life uh, podcast, and they'll throw you a discount your way. Also, Hidden Treasures uh, Cannabis Club, if you're looking for good cannabis in California, please feel free to hit them up. They're based all over Northern California, expe- uh, mainly in Elk Grove and South Sac. And also, shout out to Hardwood Palace. If you're looking for good reoccurring tournaments, good structure, um, you know, that's definitely the place to hit up. I would shoot your, you know, courtside out, but y'all don't, y'all don't sponsor me any ever. So screw y'all. Don't go to courtside. <laughs> Other than that, <laughs> what'd you say? I, I sponsor your podcast. No. I think I pay a dollar. You pay a dollar a month, bro. A month. And I do appreciate it. I do. So. Thank you for OJ for sponsoring the podcast, and I appreciate. But talking to the mic, you gotta put the mic by your <laughs> by your mouth. Like there you go. Let's just slide the table over. There you go. All right. You you got it. Yeah. You sure? Yeah. Oh okay. I don't want you messing th- messing yourself up. I know. I know it's different being in the host seat yeah, than I guess. <laughs> I'm used to sitting over there on the other side. <laughs> but no. Um, without further ado, let me introduce our new guest, Fred Blue. Thank you for being on the show, brother. Thank you for taking your time. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, I know we're a little behind and you're on a time crunch, so we'll get right to it. Um, First thing, you know, introduce yourself. uh, Maybe talk a little bit about your basketball background, um, who you are. I mean, the floor is yours. Go ahead and tell them. Oh, man. What a lot of people don't know is I'm born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Atlanta Celtics was my AAU team coming up. Um, Big juggernaut there in Atlanta. You know, shout out to those guys. They've been running things for, for years now. But, um, yeah, I got recruited to play uh, basketball at last and out here. Um, my high school was Cedar Grove, which a lot of people don't know also, which is in Ellenwood, Georgia. And we had uh, Dylan Glover on our team. Um, nice. You know, McDonald's All-American. Mm-hmm. Went to Georgia Tech, played in the NBA. So, um, you know, got some looks from that and ended up coming out here playing college ball at Lassen Community College and then – From there, I went to Chico State and, you know, made a family in Chico and kind of ever since, you know, been doing my thing there with my son. Um, And that's kind of what sparked me as far as, you know, AAU. Um, Some good programs up in Chico, you know, Chico Tar Heels is, you know, best program up in that area. You know, they gave us the platform to kind of start off with. So, you know, me and my son did that. And, you know, a lot of people do the whole mom and pop want to start their own teams to 
you know, give their son some playing time. But, you know, it wasn't that for me because my son got to play. But, you know, it was more of, you know, I got to find some some more competition for him. So, right, you know, we ended up kind of branching off and, and doing a Chico Avengers thing so I can start, you know, recruiting some, some good players to put around him and be able to actually come down here in the Sacramento and the Oakland area, you know, L.A., and be able to compete. So that's kind of, you know, how everything started for us. And, you know, from there, it's it's been crazy, you know. Things kind of took off a few years ago. You know, shout out to, you know, DeMario. DeMario is what kind of got us started with the, the West Coast Takeover tournaments and, you know, putting us in front of those good teams. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we were that team that was getting beat by 50, right. 60. Right. I, think, I think Yellow Jackets beat us by 70 one time. Yellow Jackets um, beat be my my team with, uh, you know, Blaine, Muhammad, Edgar. Mm-hmm. The first time I took them to Oakland, we played uh, the Yellow Jackets. They beat us by 55. Yep. <laughs> you got to yep. take those ass whoopers, right? Yep. They, used to, they, used to, they used to get on us. So, you know, that was kind of our motivation to, you know, start recruiting in the SAC area to be able to compete and, you know, get to that point where now, you know, we're one of those programs that beat teams by 50. Now, I remember a long time ago uh, when I first started dealing with OJ, too, and he was running a tournament, and he had a little group chat with all the coaches. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, you know, the scheduling and who was going to play who. And I remember um, seeing a, a, a text from from Devon from the Yellow Jackets saying, man, we don't want to play these teams. We done already beat them by 50. And I was like, <laughs> man, that hurt. <laughs> so yeah, from there, you know, that was our motivation. I showed that to the kids. I'm like, bro, like, we, we can't stand for this, man. So – you know, we ended up, you know, beating up on them a little bit, you know, as a recent. So, all right, been good. Well, that's a good path. So, what's overall been your experience with AU basketball? I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but you know, what's your overall good and bad you've taken from it? Well, the good is the competition. You know, you know, high high school or middle school basketball. It so you get one team that's really good, and you kind of run through everybody. You don't get that competition in every game. Um, I've kind of seen the same with high school, too, now with the leagues, the way the leagues are structured. There's maybe one or two good teams, and then the rest of the teams are, are garbage. So with AAU, you know, you can you can play in a tournament, and you might not win a game. Right. So, that you know, that's been the good part of it. Um, you know, also understanding there's another pathway for, you know, coaches to get a look at some kids, um, you know, travel, you know, hang out like the it's been fun you know my AU experience um like I said I played for the Atlanta Celtics but you know that team was stacked right you know there's four or five NBA players that was on those teams so you know my experience was going in for two minutes a game <laughs> you know traveling to North Carolina to play two minutes right it was crazy so you know I didn't I didn't really get you know the, the good experience as a kid playing so I wanted to make sure you know I gave my son you know something different so that's kind of been the been the, the good of it. Um, the bad is obviously, you know, I watched a couple of your shows and you guys have talked about it. You know, trying to keep kids in your program is crazy. Yeah. Loyalty's dead. I say that quite often. It's so hard to do, man. I mean, you know, me and you talked about, you know, when I saw you at Capitol that one day and we talked about how, you know, first time we played your team. Yeah. I didn't even realize those were the same kids. Right, right. You yeah. know, we, we ran through your team, and now, yeah. you know, you guys are beating us, and, you know, hand-to-hand, you know, we beat each other here and there. But yeah. no, it's, it's a like, great man, you put, in some, you put in some work with those dudes. and Those are the know, same kids you beat 
at ARC. Like, yeah, yeah same kids. I, I couldn't believe it. I went back and watched the film. <laughs> I, went, I went back and watched the film. I was like, dude. That's Dom. It's Eli. Same, same kids. Same kids. But, but, I, but I try to, you know, keep that core together and grow them little by little. But it is very difficult. It's difficult. And then, you know, you provide that platform. And, you know, the, the, the kids are, are like you guys were saying, the parents. Yeah. The parents don't understand that. You know, that kid wouldn't be recruited or seen by those <laughs> big programs if it wasn't for us. Right. So it, it would be nice to have, you know, some sort of loyalty to even have a conversation saying, right. hey, this coach reached out. What do you think? Right. And, you know, me, I'm not going to hold kids back. You know, I heard you guys talking about that, too. But, you know, I'm not going to hold you back. You know, if you feel like you got something better, then it's just out of respect. Got. Right. That's the biggest thing for me. I mean. I mean, oh, if you got an opinion on this as well, I know you got a young group and it's your son's team, but you know, as they get older and better, you probably gonna run into this at some point mm-hmm. as well. But oh, yeah. it's just um, it. I think like I, I've alluded to it numerous times. There's to me, there's a respectful way to where we can have this conversation. Okay, if it doesn't work out, or if you think the grass is greener over there, go right and find out. Doesn't guarantee that you'll be able to come back, you know, but. You know, you do what you think is best. And it's also the wrong way to go about it, you know. And I think we all kind of know what that way is. So I, I, I don't know why it's like that, but that's just the culture of um, AU basketball. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like a lot of these coaches got to walk on eggshells around parents these days. You know, I mean, a coach yells at a, a kid the wrong way. And as a coach, you feel like you're coaching this kid to his potential, but then the parent sees it the other way and – Two weeks later, it might be in a different program. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, so, I mean, the loyalty is, you know, it's not there. Like growing up and stuff, I didn't play AAU that much, so, but I, I remember, you know, you staying on one team. Let's let's finish this out first. Communicate. Right. Now there's none of that. You know, like it, it's more about winning, 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 and there's no development no more. I think parents and kids get swept up in what I call nowism. Right. Mm-hmm. They 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 get too swept up in the now, mm-hmm. and not thinking of. You know, yeah, five years in the long term. You know, everything is short term these days. You know, everyone like I said, everyone wants to win now. But I mean, you do a good job at this development. You know, like a lot yeah. of these coaches too, they don't want to do that. They just want to go get all these kids, and then there's no growth. And then, like I said, the skill grows, but the kids' mindset doesn't grow at the same time as fast as the skill does. So, it's a, so yeah. a lot of kids get burnt out these days too because you know their mind is not being able to grow that fast as, you know, their game. So that's what happens a lot, though, too, these days. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, well, what's what's been the driving force? And, you, again, you kind of alluded to that, too, you, you know, for, for your program to be successful. Like, you know, what's what would you say is the big motivator for you? Um, I, Well, most of all, I just love hoops, man. I, I, I've, I've grown up basketball. Like, I, I everything is basketball for me, so – that's really the driving force for me is I, you know, I do a lot of training with kids and, you know, seeing kids play basketball the right way. Um, if you guys have watched any of my training sessions, like it's all fundamentals. Like, yeah. I don't, I, don't, I do a little bit of advanced elite stuff, but most of it is just fundamentals. Um, you know, my son, he, he developed all that behind the back and between the left stuff on his own. I never taught him any of that, you know, for the first year or two of his life, I wouldn't let him use his right hand. I made him use his left hand. To dribble so now people think he's left-handed and he's yeah. not he likes to go left and he dribbles better with his left hand but that's just because that's the way i trained him at what age did you start him three three 
Nice. Yeah. Three years old. I'm well, you know, just handling the ball at yeah, three. So so that's really that's really what it is for me, you know. I just I just like to develop kids, man. I like to see, you know, a, a, a kid that comes to the program and, you know, he has one or two moves and I can teach him to do three or four moves or kid that has no moves, I can teach him one move or you know, kid doesn't understand how to play defense, you know, you know, see the ball the whole time. Like something little like that to just teach him that. That's really it for me. Like that's that's the thing that helped me. All my training that I've always done, I never charged for it. Like I my son was training anyways. So I just invited the neighborhood to come with us and start doing training. You know, as of late, I've kind of turned it into a business. So now I charge for training, but for ten years, fifteen years, I I never charge a kid for no training. That's how it is for me so. now. I don't. I train kids. My 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 kids on my team. I don't charge them a dollar. I just only thing I ask is for loyalty. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all I ask. You know. So, no, oh, that's great stuff. I mean, well, I wanted to talk to you about, and obviously, Fred. You know, uh, the the position you're in, um, and kind of similar to myself in terms of. There's going to be people that love what you do, and there's going to be people that hate what you do. So just want to talk about that elephant in the room, right? <laughs> so, you know, you're going to catch backlash. You're going to catch hate. Um, a lot of people might not know, at least um, I know, because um, me and O have talked about it. Uh, you do a lot of this out of your own pocket, right? Um, I know you pay for a lot. You've done it for years, which I think is an amazing um, accomplishment in itself. Um, but the reality is, because your son plays in a lot of the games, most people just think, oh, this is just centered around, you know, Fred Jr., right? And to me, I'm going to be real. I don't think nothing's wrong with that. Like, if you are putting your son in the right positions to play against tough competition to make him better, what, like, what the fuck's wrong with that? I don't think oh, your son plays for you. Like, there's yeah. nothing – to me, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if you're coming out of pocket doing all this – yourself so you know i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it but of course because you're going to draw some of the more talented kids because let's be real kids are going to go where it's free right parents are going to go where it's free um that's just and that's something i've talked about extensively in aau even uh my street interviews at courtside the other day i talked about you know should aau basketball be free i just asked people you know randomly and and most people said no like there should be a cost because you got to pay for the building. You got to pay the electricity. You got to pay the ref. You got to pay the scorekeeper. Like, but there's this misconception, I think, amongst parents that basketball should be free. Oh, my kid's really good. So he shouldn't have to pay anything. It's like, no, that's to me, that's bullshit. Like, so, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with what you're doing. I know you do a lot out of pocket for yourself. You take a lot of time out of your own life. You got kids, you got family, like, I, I know I know your struggle. That's all I'm saying. I know your struggle. So I just didn't want it. I wanted to give you an opportunity and a platform to speak back on any of that if you wanted to. Yeah. What? So so again, you know, people don't understand. Like I'm from Atlanta. I grew up in in Techwood Homes. Yeah, probably one of the worst projects you'll ever see in the world. Um, and you know, I played basketball growing up, and I never had to pay. Obviously, in those communities, you know, that stuff's government funded. You know, I didn't I didn't have to pay to play basketball. So. You know, even in school, I didn't have to pay to play basketball. So when I came out here and I saw, you know, we had to pay for my son to play middle school basketball. I was like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, I never understood that. But, like, my mentality has always been that, you know, hoops should be free for kids. So that's kind of how I structured it, you know, to start off. And, 
you know, it became a very expensive habit. Yeah. You know, like you said, I mean, the travel is crazy, you know, paying for everybody to stay in hotel rooms and food and, and gas for, you know, the cars that I'm paying for. Or, you know, when we fly places to have the rent cars, like, that's those crazy. And I didn't really realize it until my daughter, who, um, you know, thank you for Nautica Blue. She's, you know, she's amazing. She was, you know, the one that kind of held my books for me. And she was going through the numbers. And she were looking at me like, Dad, we spent $25,000 on basketball. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> like, we've got 15 different uniforms and bags and 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 swag and everything. And, you know, just... Like, I can't believe we've spent that much money. And that was just one year right. that we had spent. And the year wasn't, the season wasn't even over yet. And I started looking back like, man, we done, we done pretty much contributed over $100,000 in hoops. And last year was the first time I decided that, okay, we need to charge a little bit, start charging something. So, you know, last year we started, started charging. And, you know, this year is going to be different. And we'll see, you know, with that loyalty loss. Because yeah. now yeah. we're going to see you know who exactly. who will stay with you now right. that you got to pay cuz when it's free it's easy right oh, yeah. you know when it's free oh man hey oh yeah we well, take my kid or whatever now you say hey might cost like 500 bucks right a thousand bucks for a season right and people don't understand a season like a season can last 4 months so again a thousand divided by 4 isn't that it's not not that expensive not a lot. but so but it's like to me I'm like somehow you could pay your rent and bills but you can't pay 200 bucks a month to this, you know, so. What, I got a question for both of you guys. What's up? How do you guys, because you guys are, you know, obviously up and coming. How do you guys compete with the, the bigger circuit teams of, of retaining these kids, though, sometimes? Though? Is that hard? Like, you know, that's what I said about the loyalty. Because you know, obviously Fred's paying for everything, but. Yeah. One you know, when a team Lillard calls or, or something like that or, you know, open soldiers or, you know, somewhere down south. So like, so I was getting ready to that, I was getting ready to mention that part too. You know, the bad part of of sponsoring your own team mm-hmm. is there's there's nothing invested. No. Nope. You know, from the parent side. So it's easy to go over here, you know, yeah. to another team because I didn't pay anything over there, so it's easy to just leave and go to another team. Mm-hmm. So that's that's some of the things I've been yeah. dealing with also. I mean, you've seen my teams. You know, yeah. sometimes I'll have a kid for a month and a half, and the next thing you know, I'll show up with a whole new team. Yeah. yeah. So that's, what, yeah. That, that's the bad part of doing that. Mm-hmm. So, so I mean, Collins, I'm sure you can speak on, on yours because you've been charging and, and growing kids and – you know, then they get to a point to where that that big program reach out. Oh yeah, and you already have a big program too, <laughs> and they know? still leave. They don't go. No, I mean, for them, like most no, of the time, it's a tax write off for them. You yeah, know, like exactly. Sponsored our NBA yeah. players sponsoring these teams. Yep. I'm not knocking anything like that, but you know, for someone, especially you know, a young black man up and coming, it's like you would you would think there's loyalty, man. Though, you know. Yep. I mean, for my side, to answer your question is, um, it's two things. It's a two-sided coin for me. Um, I say to the parent, what's more important to you, um, clout, prestige, or or development? That's the first question I pose to them. And um, secondly is, um, is it the right fit for your kid? Because... When Lowe was on my show, shout out to Lowe. You're doing a great job at Sac State, by the way, brother. Um, he said something uh, that we talked about on that show with, uh, like, Calipari, you know, because he knows a lot of those uh, Pac-12 coaches personally. Mm-hmm. And um, 
he says like Calipari would say to him, like even when they were trying to recruit kids from the soldiers, he would say, I like that kid, but I don't like him for Kentucky. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I ask kids like, okay, you can go like, for instance, I'm Mark's going to play, um, my sophomore Mark from Rockland, you know, he and <laughs> that kid started out bare, and you know, he oh, started yeah. out barely being able to make a layup. Oh, I remember. <laughs> so now, you know, he's windmilling and, and proud of him on his progress. I, we worked a lot of nights, a lot of days with him, but now he's, he's leaving my team and he's going to go play with Jalen Green Elite. Do I think that's 100% fair? Not really, but I understand, I guess, what he's doing, right. you know, and, and I understand um, the name. Alone is going to draw yeah, it's gonna a kid. Away. Yeah, you know what I mean. A shout out to Joey with Lake Show because he's running that program, and and I got nothing but respect for him as well. He's he's going to come on the show sometime soon, and we're going to talk. But does it suck to an emotional degree to watch a kid that you guys know because you guys literally saw me when I first got him mm-hmm. to a kid that could barely make a layup to now? Yes, he's windmill Duncan. He's Rockland High centerpiece. He's Got Sacramento B top fifty player last year as a freshman was the only freshman on that list, and now he goes. Thanks, coach. I'm leaving. Yeah, is there an emotional component that sucks? Yes, but I've just done this so long. I guess I'm kind of numb to it now. Um, I just kind of expect it, and I just hope for the best. That's all I can do. Right. Do I think it's overall right? No. I think personally, you leave a program if a couple of things. One. Um, like if a kid moves, like for instance, Connor, who played for you, right. right? He lives out here now. So it makes a little bit of sense, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you can't be in the same location, that makes sense. Um, two, collaborate with the other coaches. Like, again, I circle back with Connor. Me and, you know, we've had those conversations about kids. And some of my kids have guest played with you all, right. for over the years. You know, you right. have those conversations. And um, three, if – something isn't being fulfilled for you at another place. Like right. if, some, if, if a coach is lacking in the development side, if um, the, the program itself can only get to a certain platform, like there's certain programs out there, they only go up to eighth grade, right? right? They don't even go to high school. Well, now those high school kids got to go somewhere, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, the, it's little things like that uh, where I would say, that's when it's okay or acceptable to move. But the loyalty component, I I use relationships. That's at least what I try to do. I try to remind people of the relationships and the things um, reaccomplished through the trenches that got your kid to this point now. But will that always keep a kid there? No. It's just a reality of you just accept as you as your kids grow in their abilities and hopefully you just maintain their best interests that at some point, it's always possible they're going to leave. Yeah. No. Hopefully, that answers your question. <laughs> so, I won't, yeah, it's just. Yeah, like it's, I, I just see it a lot, though, now, you know, with, with kids leaving. And, and, and as a coach, you obviously want the best for the kid as well, though, too. But, yeah. like you said, it's, sometimes it's hard to stomach, especially when you have, like, a personal mm-hmm. relationship with that kid. The emotional component sucks because, again, I think Mar- uh, Marcus Kirkland, when he was on here, said it great. He said, "He said we're human. It's like coaches are human too. We're we're invested in these kids just as much as you are, and it's not investment 
because we hope to gain something out of it. It's investment because we're just humans and we care. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think people forget that part of it sometimes. Are there coaches out there that are purely out there to exploit children, uh, make themselves look good, get some money, all that shit? Yeah, they yeah. they exist. Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. they yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, it, I mean. That's unfortunate, but it could be a sleazy business. I yeah, absolutely. But any business can. But oh, I would. Yeah, but sure. in my opinion, I I have run across more coaches that do this for the right reason than the wrong reason. Right. You know what I mean? That's not the majority, even though it might try to be portrayed like that sometimes. Because yeah. obviously, the negative side of stuff gets more clicks, more views, more you know whatever. I mean, I do a one minute segment where I talk about the controversial stuff in AAU. Yeah, that's going to get me more views than necessarily something like this where we're talking about the positive side. Yeah. But to act like that's the majority, it's not. It's well, you, you, right. you know, it's one of those things that I, I always tell you what you're doing bad before they tell you what you're doing good. You're right. So, I mean, that's <laughs> what it is, though, too. I wanted to um, talk about um, – so in case you guys don't know, and, it, uh, uh, and this is I'm talking to my audience out there and, and you guys on YouTube, uh, YBA has uh, is now joined with the Adidas Gauntlet. We're going to do the Adidas Gold Gauntlet. Um there's a few factors on the why I'll probably do a coach's rise time talking about that and kind of what brokered my decision to go from the UA to the Adidas side. So please stay tuned for that. But one of the cool parts is I'm collaborating with uh, Ryan Sipkins from uh, touch shooting and Fred himself. Um, we're going to collaborate um, in terms of getting kids, uh, making some strong teams, making a strong run for the gold uh, gauntlet. I'm going to hopefully well, it should work out. We should have two 15U strong teams, two 16U strong teams, and one really strong uh, 17U. And we're hoping to go out there and, and make a name for YBA. Uh, I'm providing the platform. Uh, Fred and Ryan are providing the kids. And, and um, uh, shout out to Phil Handy. Um, he's sponsoring one of the teams, uh, the, the, the YBA touch shooting team, whatever you want to call it. Um, so, you know, shout out to him and much appreciated for you with that, brother. So, um, what I wanted to talk about with this Adidas stuff and this Rise Circuit stuff, and the night and Nike has a new um division as well, the EYCL, I believe it's called, and then uh, New Balance has created them. They've created a circuit. Uh, I don't know how much clout it's gotten, but they, they the, the, the all these shoe programs are creating. Let's call it the the goal side is the JV side and the triple SB is the varsity side, if you want to call it that. Right. Same for UA. There's the UA rise side and the UAA side. There's the EYCL side and there's the EYBL side for Nike. So you can call it the JV side and the varsity side on the Adidas goal side. You have about 48 teams out of all the teams they could have picked. They got 48. So that's an exclusive group, period. Like think about all the AAU teams there are. And they pick 48. Then, of course, on the triple SB side, I think they have about 40 or 50 on that side. Half of them are um, NBA players teams, right? Team Harden, Team Lillard, Jalen Green Elite, right? Obviously, the NBA. The other half are teams that have been doing this for a long time and been on that triple SB side and just, you know, renew their contracts because they're pumping out certain kids. Um, There's a lot of coaches – I shouldn't say a lot of co- – there, there's some coaches that don't understand quite how it works. And on top of that, there's coaches who try to say uh, it's a cash grab or, you know, oh, you, if you're on the gold, it's not legit. They're just trying to take money from you. Um, me and TJ have had 
plenty of debates about this and we just disagree on it. He, he has his stance on it. And, and again, everybody's allowed to have their stance on everything. I'm a f- strong believer in the first amendment. Say what you want, stick by what you want. You know, my biggest thing is just don't try not to contradict yourself. Don't be a hypocrite. There's things I'm, I say that I could be wrong on, but I stand by them. Right. Um, he believes if you do any of those JV circuits, it's a cash grab. I believe it's not. Reason being, for me, if I'm doing the tr- gold circuit, at least I'm, my kids are fighting for something, right. right? If you you know, and like we talked about, if you're winning, if you you do marketing well, you might get a triple SB contract, as opposed to paying the exact same price, going to a Cali Live event or a prep hoops event or a made hoops. It's still you still got to pay money for any of these tournaments. Like if right. I go to a Cali live event and great job, they do a great job. Um, good events that get coaches, all that. I pay, I, I bring my high school team out there. They play their four games, go home, right? No medals. No, no, you know, you just play your high school games, go home. It's the exact same formula for Adidas difference being those four games count towards something. Right. And they have a shoe brand backing them up. Right. That's, it, it, that that's different. So to me, it's not, if I'm spending $600 at Cali live, yes, I'm, I'm, my team is getting the opportunity there, but it's no different than if I spend $600 at Adidas gold. So with all that being said, I'm just curious of, of if what I'm saying makes sense or where you guys might think or see on that. I mean, Fred, obviously me and you working together. So, you know, you give me your thoughts. Yeah. So, I've 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 been listening just in the winds on, on on these things, and I've heard the same thing. You know, it's it's cash feed into you know the bigger circuits, and I mean that that the business side of it makes sense to me. Yeah, you need to charge some teams down here if you're gonna sponsor a bunch of teams over here. But it's not it's not like they're not giving you an opportunity to make it right yourself. So right, you gotta earn your keep. Yeah, you know, no different than what I said. We used to play. We used to get beat by 50, 60 points. We had to work our way up to being who we are now. Yeah, that's no different than this right here. You know, you get you get to be on that JV level to earn an opportunity to go to the varsity level. Like I understand that and I get it, and that's why I said, you know, if you could provide the platform and we can put some kids there to give them an opportunity to 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 maybe get yeah. onto that bigger circuit. Why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. Take advantage of it. Take a, take a shot. And you might end up competing against one of those triple SB teams. And you went, cause like for instance, my UA rise team last year ended up playing West coast elites, UAA team mm. and we won. And it was at a, it was at a um, West coast elite tournament in the Bay. We were not, you know, expect, no one expected us to win, but we actually won, you know? So it's like, does that mean, oh, we're overall better than them? No, we were just better that game or whatever. We might, we might run it back. They might beat us. Who knows? All I'm saying is it just gives you the opportunity, right? Right? Because let's be real, you got to chase the college. When you're an independent program, you have to you have to chase the colleges if that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then, two, you have to chase the top players. Yeah. Well, guess where most of the top players go? Shoe circuits. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They don't typically go like we just talked about the loyalty. They're not going to stick with the independence. They're going to go typically where the shoe companies yeah, it's go. Just, it's just how it is. Like I said, I, I don't think there's no right or wrong way to go. Right. I feel like, I mean, as a coach, if, if you feel like this is what works for your kids, then, then go ahead and go that route. So, you know, I, that's how I feel. But it goes back to the loyalty thing and, and development. 
So I feel if you're a coach, if you can develop these kids, they're going to get looks no matter where they're right. at. Exactly. And uh, again, so if that's you're the biggest thing is developing the kids and then hopefully exactly. someone's going to find those kids. And then now your whole team is being showcased because you got a few kids out there that are, you know, good enough. If uh, they stay true. loyal to you or like I said, they might end up leaving though too. So like I said, that, I think that's the biggest thing is development. Though, yeah. You know? And I mean, the thing I always tell parents, if your kid is a six ten stud, I mean, you really don't have much to worry about. Right. So a college is going to find him no matter what AU program he is. But if you're, uh, a six, three guard at a division five school that doesn't get many looks like, like for instance, San Juan, if you want to give an example and and I think Sam and them do a great job there, but the reality is, you know, it's a small division five school. Right, it's called what it is. Yeah. They don't get the opportunities that let's say a kid at Intercom right. gets, you know what I mean? They just don't. Yeah. So at least AAU or a shoe circuit, a JV shoe circuit, whatever you want to call it, gives them a chance because that's all we're really talking about here, right? right? When we talk about AU, it's just a chance, right? Instead of – my thing is a 10% chance is still better than zero. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you don't do it – if you don't do anything at all, you're not you're not going to get that chance. And then, okay, when that opportunity arises, you got to step up. You got to ball out, right. you know? So that's what I explain to my kids. That's what I explain to the parents. So for those who – Look at these shoe circuits like, um, oh, that's just cash grabs. That's, that's again, like I said, that's their personal take. Yeah. I don't see it that way. I just see it as being given an opportunity, and what you do with that opportunity is is on you. You know, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so moving or switching gears, I want to go into hot takes. So I want to talk a little bit of NBA with you guys. Um, the NBA, obviously, the trades have been. <laughs> crazy right now and we'll get a little more into that but what I did want to focus on kind of what has happened as of late with some of the NBA games is um you know a lot of NBA players been uh scrapping you know what I mean like that you had Donovan Mitchell get into it with um what's old boy from Memphis um the light-skinned cat uh, who, who, who got into it with Shannon Sharp and shit one of the players at Oregon or played at Oregon yeah I forget I don't know I can't think of that dude's name is that who he got into it with Dylan Brooks. Brooks, there you go, really? Brooks. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Wow, they got, that. yeah, the Heat. I, I saw mean, the scuffle. Bro. Yeah, they got into it. Him, <laughs> yeah. Austin Rivers get into it with uh, Mamba. I think it was Mamba. I can't remember. And then, just all the funny storylines. You got Malik Beasley. Um, he's on, <laughs> he's on the Lakers now with uh, Scottie Pippen Jr. And remember, he dated his wife in twenty or his mom in twenty twenty. Wait, what? Yeah. Malik, Malik, Scotty Pippen Jr. Malik, Malik Beasley uh, tapped his mom uh, back in 2020, oh, and it was a public. You know, this is after she left Scotty Pippen and stuff. Like she with uh, Michael Jordan. Now she with Michael Jordan. So, so I'll just say you got a lot of interesting storylines. But the biggest thing is all the scrapping. Things are getting heated in the NBA a little bit. Um, it's kind of fun. It's for me. It's kind of fun to see because you're starting to get, get some of those old school vibes, and it's showing that guys are. You know, but with social media, the way they tweet at each other, the way they do, you know, it's it's kind of nice to see that everybody's just not buddy buddy all the time. I was just yeah. curious what you guys thought uh, of watching uh, some of that that old school seep into the to the present NBA. Like you said, just the social media plays a big factor <laughs> into it. Though. I mean, like, I mean, us growing up watching the NBA, 
we didn't have that. Nah. <laughs> no, we after, after game, even during games, I think they do it. They'll tweet, but they'll tag the person. In the yeah, team. yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's the same with our youth, though. They do right. The same. You know, a kid gets dunked on. Oh, yeah. tagging the kid in. So, <laughs> I just think it oh, creates a lot more, you know, like, you know, to, to just spit fuel on the fire, though, basically, is what I'm saying, though. So True. You got any thoughts that's for that? That's just really going to take me right back into AAU and training, man, is, you know, for that platform that people can tag you and, you know, things will go viral from getting dunked on or getting <laughs> yeah. dropped. It it changes training. Like, I'm, <laughs> like seriously, like when I'm trying to teach defensive drills, I'm trying to that. teach a kid to, to slide over and cut them off, but they don't want to do that. Nah, because they, they don't, don't want to be on They don't want to play defense. Yeah, they want to get shifted. I'm yeah. like, bro, it's, it's a generation thing, though. Too. So that, that's that's a that's a great point. Get back to it, though. Oh know? my god, yeah. bro, that's that's cha- that's changed the game so much, man. Yeah. It's so hard to, to teach and train kids to play defense nowadays because of that. Nobody wants to slide over and help. Nobody that's wants to right. be in that midline because that's where you get dunked on. Exactly. No, so you're I'm right. Like you though, Fred, like. Like when I train, I just teach basics, cause cause my son, my son's seven now, but he's been playing since he was three, and you know he plays in the our, our rec league and stuff. And I have parents come up to me like, "Man, could you teach my kid behind the back?" Like, I didn't teach my son none of that. Yeah, though, right. You know what I mean? I taught him the basic stuff, and he kind of just implemented it on his yeah, own. You picked that stuff you know? up, like. All the hand, like that's on that's on him. You it's know the foundation. I mean? like, all bro. the basic is for me, just teaching them, you know, the basic jump stop and yeah. you know, all that. Though everything else is kind of like you know, he soaks it up from watching it. But you know, I don't teach him none of that though. You know, so that's right. what it is though too. That's what it is. It's all learning the basics. Well, yeah. you know, LeBron's made history. Obviously, you know, um, I want to talk about that. Um, you know, I'm. I'm I'm a Warriors fan, but I can recognize, you know, what someone's done. Funny, funny enough, you know, leave it to the internet. They're always undefeated. Uh, they showed a graph of every time he broke a scoring title or rank or whatever, you know, he kept moving up. Uh-huh. Every game he lost. <laughs> I thought that was fucked up. But they were like, every time he, right, he lost. So I guess it poses the question. People were like, oh, he ain't playing for wins. He playing for stats and whatnot. And right. And I don't know, man. You, everybody could have their take on the legacy. I just think you can't deny the man's greatness. And then, of course, the evolution of the y, or not YBA, the NBA. Oh, yeah. um, it's obviously become more offensive-centric. I mean, you have scores of 130 to 133. I mean, you know, that's why still yeah, people point, say the debate. up a lot more, though, these days. Yeah, though, you know, exactly. Not, you know, I don't – I mean, I don't mind. Obviously, I, you know, you guys probably grew up in the 80s. You know, low scores, yeah, 94, yeah. 89. Right. But that was, I mean, I guess it was considered boring basketball, like yeah. you said, with the defense and all mm-hmm. that. Like, these days, no one wants to see that, though. They want to see, like you said, 130, 140. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's business. It's like an all-star game. Yeah. Playing in the regular season all the time and stuff, though. You know? And it's a business, and I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I still think you can find a balance between allowing guys to play defense mm-hmm. And and still keep the game, yeah. you know, interesting. If because the Showtime Lakers did it yeah. in the eighties, you yeah. know what I mean. I they they found uh-huh. they found a way to find that balance, you know. And 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 they had some great rivalries, obviously, with the Celtics and Lakers because the Celtics was like the polar opposite of the Lakers. And obviously, you got two floor generals with Larry Bird and Magic John. I mean, it just it it, it helped obviously uh, catapult basketball to what it is today, and um. No, no knock on what LeBron and what he's doing. And, I, I mean, 
I have no, I, I give him shit at least another four or five years the way he's playing, the way he yeah. might actually retire, you know? So who knows? But, um, it does go back to the debate of the LeBron versus Jordan debate and all this stuff. And I'm just like, you know, it's just two different eras, man. Like yeah, you, if just... you put Jordan, you drop him in this air, totally. You're right. His, his stat, his stats change. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, like, sure. like, you know, like it's one of those things same with Tom Brady in football, the, yeah. the quarterback position has changed where you can barely even touch the quarterback. Now. Right. So, you know what I mean? He's able to extend his career a lot longer now and stuff. Same with LeBron. You can't hand check. And and I'm not a LeBron fan, but I respect it. But it's one of those things you can't check no more, you know. Yeah. So he's actually done a good job of thriving in this area and stuff. And it's nothing to take away from LeBron, though, at the same time, too. Absolutely. And I just think every era has its – um has its guy. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that whole comparison has always been crazy to me. I mean, obviously, going, growing up with Jordan, I'll forever be a Jordan fan. And yeah. I feel like he was, you know, the most dominant during that time, and he, he, he left his mark. And when I see LeBron, I, I like LeBron, and I think, you know, LeBron's a freak of nature. Yeah. You know, we've never seen anybody like that. But what I try to explain to a lot of people that love nowadays hoops, and they say, you know, you know, KD and, you know, all the Giannis and all these different players right now, you know, what they would do back in the day when people don't understand the, the evolution. Yeah. Like, everything is uh -huh. different now. Like, the training is just <laughs> different. Like, those dudes that played back then, they didn't have the luxury of yeah. getting the kind of training that we have now. Exactly. You know, they didn't get to evolve into the things that the people have done these days. So, you can't, you can't really make those comparisons. But even when you do... Jordan still, yeah, he still shows you that yeah. he would still be one of the most athletic dudes these oh, yeah. days, and yeah. his oh. fundamentals are crazy. And all the analytics say he would have been still one of the top, yeah, player they, generational players, even if he played now. You like, can't touch him. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's Holy, <laughs> well, you can't touch him, man. That's why I said and he shot good free throw percentage too. So when you do touch him, he getting 12, 15 points from the free throw line. He averaged forty points, and people don't understand that. Yeah. But they just look at, you know, LeBron, and they think about if you drop LeBron against all them Tom, Dick, and Hanks, how he would destroy them. But you could do that with anybody now. Right. I, mean, you, I mean, pick any player in the NBA right now and That's put him in those era. days. He's going to go crazy just because of evolution. And yeah, like I, don't I, understand I hear that. kids all the time. Even my son is like, LeBron is the greatest ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, it's just the area we in and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure when we were younger, our parents, you know, Bill Russell, or right, right, those, right. That's the our best Will. player ever, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it, it's one of those things where we're older now, and you know the games change. Like, like for example, my son is way better than I was right <laughs> when I was younger. So <laughs> that's you true. Know, like it's, it's like what Fred said, the game has just evolved so much and stuff. Yeah. Though, and we expect so much from kids at a younger age now and stuff though too. You know, so exactly. And uh, well, it was funny. It was one meme I saw on the internet. They said one record that'll never be touched. Is a uh, Wilt Chamberlain's record. Remember, he supposedly he fucked ten thousand women in his lifetime. So they say that's one record that'll never be yeah. touched. I was like, wow, they just reach it for anything now, man. Like that's I said, and, and, and internet's undefeated, bro. <laughs> well, I will say, I mean, LeBron has about three or four more years. We're talking about forty-two. Yeah, he's gonna put that record. He, he's gonna put that record in a place where so, no know, one. I think will catch this it. record right now it took. I think it was eighty-four. So you're talking about like forty. 38 years, I think it is. So we'll see how long that record actually takes to be broken, you know. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, to play generation and stuff. To play for twenty years, man. That's yeah, and play at his I mean, level is crazy. Because, like you said, the way the game is, though, so these guys are going to be able to play that long now and stuff, though, too. So yeah, we'll see. And then, so I wanted to, and the last hot take I wanted to talk about before we move on to the, uh, the other stuff was um, the transfer portal. Um, I have specifically reached out to a lot of my division one college coach buddies, my D two buddies, like oh, a lot of them. So, you know, let me, I want to mention these guys real quick. Cause I want to give them their credit where credit's due for taking the time to talk to me. So coach Barnes at uh, Bakersfield university. I appreciate you. That's a division one uh, coach Brandon at uh, Arizona state, the sun devils. Uh, thank you for giving me some time as well. Um, and uh, coach Damani. Uh, at San Jose State and co- and head coach Tim Miles at San Jose State. Thank you guys for giving me a little bit of time uh, out of out of your season because you guys are in season right now to talk to me. Coach Patrick at uh, at Sacramento State. Thank you for talking to me as well. And he's going to be a guest on the show. But I want to s- talk to you kids and you parents realistically, especially because the AAU high school season's coming up. Mm-hmm. I want to have a real conversation with it. Um, and you guys obviously give your opinion as well. Um, the biggest thing you guys are going to compete against is not even the guys on the court. It is hands down the transfer portal. The transfer portal has essentially turned college basketball into AAU, even into some degree like high school. Kids can transfer, and college coaches are going, especially at the D1 level, are going to look at the transfer portal before they go to any AAU event, before they go to any prep school event, before they go to any JC showcase. They are going to go look in that portal. Um, again, if you're a, if you're and this is again, I want to quote Coach Barnes from Bakersfield when we talked about it, so I could read it to you guys. Right? Um, he said, "College basketball is really old right now, dudes." are 25 to 26 playing college. So younger teams like us are getting blasted right now if we don't have veterans. So I am looking for JC guys and transfer portal guys before I look for anyone else. And then, of course, I I responded back. Then this was his response, too. He said, I said, what do you think you'll ever change? Do you think, like, what's your perspective on it? He said, man, I'm not sure. He said, the pandemic and this transfer portal has – created a mess in my opinion absolutely yeah he said there's going to be freshmen leaving to get a better situation they're going to be players leaving all the time that's why me personally i look to recruit jc kids um the risk is less the years are less um and most of those guys are have a tendency to be more reliable um universities our competition is not giving us time to develop guys anymore so the guys who help you win immediately are the older guys. So that's who we look to get right away. Yep. And again, this is and I, and this is this is his specific words, but pretty much every coach I talk to has echoed that. Yep. So how do where does this circle back? Well, it's a pandemic. Yeah, I talk to my seniors and my juniors, mm. <laughs> and shit, especially my freshman and sophomore. Like even as talented as my sophomore group is, like Mark and you know Eli, and I tell them no one is looking at y'all. Right. I don't think parents understand this or get this enough. Mm. No one, let me say it to the camera, let me say it on my show right now. No one is looking at y'all unless you are 6'7", 6'8", and above, have a shit ton of clout, 
an NBA player's son, extremely athletic, like you are, you're playing like at a level that just no one can ignore. Right. Even if you're a talented all conference player, that's not enough. It really comes down to your coaching, or your not your coaching, your coach at your high school's connections, your AAU coach and his connections. Again, I've built my network over years, so I, it's nothing for me to call a Division One coach, a Division Two coach, a D3, a JC, a NAI. But I built those connections through years, years and years and years of doing this in hard work and being respected in that coaching community because there are plenty of AAU programs out there College coaches won't say it publicly, so I'll be their voice for them. They don't respect y'all. There's plenty of them. They don't They don't fuck with y'all. They'll be respectful. They'll be professional, but they're not recruiting none of your kids just because they're on your program. They're like, man, we don't we don't touch that program. And they tell me, but I'm not going to put any of the, that business out on blast. So what is your guys' take on this whole craziness with the transfer portal? I mean, coaches is just trying to – just keep up, but it, I mean, it, go, it goes back to to um, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's gonna be like that for at least another two, three years because you had kids that were able to get an extra year back. So I mean, if you're a senior, you're gonna probably graduate at 26 now. Yeah, and, and I graduated high school at 17. So imagine a 17 year old going to college and you're playing against kids that are 25, 26. Yeah. That's a six, seven-year difference, so that's a big difference. And another thing, too, is some of these kids are going to prep schools at high school. Mm-hmm. So they're getting two years of prep school, and then they're starting their college. Because they're, they're, their time doesn't start right until they actually go to college. So you can get an extra right. two years going to prep school or something, yeah, right? Correct. Yeah, Yeah, so then like that's what happens, though, too. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. It's, it's a future <laughs> says it's a cold world. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, a lot of coaches, they're just trying to just... Just keep up, basically. Yeah, because it's their job at the end of the day. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's 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 the business side of it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's you got to run a business as well as a as a coach. So now, like you said, that coach just told you they're not giving us time. You know, before you can bring in freshmen and red shirts and you know mm-hmm. build these kids up and develop them, but they're not giving you that time anymore because so you now, get blasted while yeah, you're doing it. You got to go get those dudes that are ready to play today. I don't have time to give you two years to get ready, and now and then, and it, what happens if I get you ready and then you transfer? Right, no different than what we're dealing with. Exactly, with our kids. right, right. Like, like, oh, I don't like my fit here. I'm out of here. Right, that's what the tra- for somebody else. That's what I'm saying. That's what the transfer portals kind of turned college basketball in. I think at some point, the NCAA is going to come in and regulate this because they one thing just with the NCAA, they like control. Clearly, it took them damn near a hundred years to finally allow the NAI the NIL stuff you know so you know they like control Mm -hmm. they have no control over this really you know what I mean so at some point it's they're they're gonna find a way I don't know how and and uh, to me I don't have a problem with the portal but I do have a problem of the trickle down effect where it's like the AAU mentality is now seeping into the college mentality mm-hmm. right you know it's i don't about the money yeah you know what i mean it's not it, it, it I, again it's just i speak to my college experience and maybe you guys you could speak to yours as well i just i just remember the culture of it uh you know building those bonds with some of your teammates you know just the the rivalries the intensity of it you know that's why i took my kids to a sac state game 
um, the other day, my eighth graders, my sixth graders, my fifth graders, and they really just enjoyed it. Just that they played Eastern Washington. They lost, unfortunately, but just the atmosphere of it and, you know, the culture around it. But it's like, man, nowadays, let's say that that 14th guy that was on the bench at Sac State, oh, I'm, I'm happy because I'm the 14th guy. Now he's going to go transfer to a Division three or a Division two instead of just saying to yourself, okay, I'm in this spot. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to compete, and I'm going to show my coach that I belong, you know, in that top eight, top ten rotation. That seems to be gone nowadays, man. That's gone, dude. That's gone. I've been trying to teach that to my kids. You know, when I have – you know, I've built some super teams. Yeah, yeah, of course. And kids have been on my on my team and, and want to play all these minutes. And I'm like, dude, look around you. Like, like you got to be realistic. Like, if you want that, you got to go get it. You got to yeah. work. When you get your minutes in the game, you got to take advantage of them and show me that you can earn more minutes. Like I told my son when I came out here um, to college, I, they brought me to last, and then they wanted me to red shirt. Yeah. And my coach brought me in the office, and he said, you know what? Either you can red shirt, and, and I can guarantee you, you know, plenty of minutes next year, or you can take the few minutes that, you know, we have available for you and, and, and roll like that. So I said, give me the few minutes, bro. Right. The, fir- the few minutes. I took the first few minutes in the tournament in Reno, and next thing you know, I'm playing good minutes. You know, I took advantage of those few minutes, but kids don't they don't want to do that, dude. They He's wanna, on fire. They want to be promised. They want to be promised something up up front. Like you gonna guarantee to get these minutes, bro. You gotta go get them. Uh, two minutes. Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, you get it. Well, I know. You get out of here whenever you you oh, gotta get out of here. Out of <laughs> Just don't knock the camera down when you get out of here. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, um no, I mean that that that's just my big thing is like um, you know, with with the way the transfer portal has shifted uh, college basketball, I just don't know what's going to happen, man. Um, moving on to the next thing. Uh, well, I want to give a, a big shout-out and a splash for Shine and Andre Stiakovic. We have a McDonald's All-American um, in our miss. Are you out, bro? All right. Be safe. <laughs> Elijah Wan has to go. He has a business to run. That's it. Just don't knock my camera down, bro. Appreciate it. <laughs> no. So me afraid. I guess we'll talk about. It. But with um, uh, I'm gonna end up getting um, uh, Andre and uh, Shine, his trainer, are gonna come on my show uh pretty soon. Nice. I've, I've been you know posting and showing that. Um, man, I, again, I can't even remember last time Sacramento had a, a McDonald's All American in this area. The biggest thing, kind of, with him, he ended up playing with the Compton Magic. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. You know, they helped broker this Adidas deal with me and Dom and Etop and all them. Um, I know I saw some things where people were like, you know, man, his dad got famous with the Sacramento Kings. He's here at Jesuit playing with uh, in Sacramento. But then when it came down to AAU, he left and went to a SoCal team, mm-hmm. right? And I could get – I can play devil's advocate and see people's side of that because I tried to recruit Andre myself too, but obviously I knew I was competing with the heavyweights, so, you know. But I, uh, but I, you know, tried to convince him to play with me on the rye circuit. He obviously went the other route, and it worked out for him. Um, my thing is, uh, especially, do you think a kid in that situation should stay in Sacramento? Like, did, should he, or was that the right move for him? Well, obviously, I, in retrospect, it was the right move for him. I mean, it got on the platform and things like that. But obviously a little in me would like to see him have thrived with the Sacramento team and kind of help push that team to the next level. Right. Yeah. I would, I would say no right or wrong answers there. I think it's, it's obviously good to stay home 
you know, build up your own town. You know, your dad was huge here and, and have him, you know, build up something here. But also you can't you can't limit somebody. So, you know, if, if you've got this huge opportunity and I mean, come to magic is huge. Yeah. Um, you got you. You got to take advantage of it, even if you just try it out or guest play or something. You got to try it out. I, I I never heard of him until I saw him playing for the Compton Magic. Yeah. So, so it did it did something big for him. Um, you know, but then you go back to like we were saying, you know, if you're good enough, you can be seen. Yeah, exactly. You can be seen. And they, and they, they would have came and saw him no matter where he was. Right. And you know, let's say six seven, I think six six, six seven, wing guard, you know, can score. I mean, yeah, it's I, I, there's no doubt, and and you know, congratulations to you, Andre. He committed to Stanford as well, so that's where um, uh, Issa's at right now, and that's another former Jesuit kid. So obviously, Jesuits doing their job as far as uh, getting kids where they need to go. So ultimately, again, I don't, I, I like you said, I, I I agree with you on that. There's no right or wrong answer. Uh, uh, Would have been nice to see him with a sack team. Didn't happen. Who cares? I'm just happy for the kid, right? Because there's a million kids that would have took that opportunity oh, too. Sure. <laughs> Let's just keep it real. Any of them would. Um, what do you think of, and especially it's getting younger and younger and younger, what do you think of kids being ranked? Like when they rank these third graders and fourth graders and, you know, all that stuff. Like, um, of course, there's just some super talented uh, uh, kids like uh, KP Sun, um, Cam Potts. You know, he's he's – very talented kid, you know. I mean, uh, and uh, and he's getting all the clout and all the love, and rightfully so. But man, it's tough. I, I've seen. I was on my Facebook group, the AAU fans, and this one guy's in like South Carolina, North Carolina, ranking like second graders, like top twenty second graders, and all. And it that, that's a bit excessive to me. I was just curious your thoughts as another AAU guy. I so so my son was one of those kids, right? in those rankings so as a as a parent you 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 kind of like it you love it you love seeing yeah. your kid on that list and and and, and getting and, that recognition and i'm not saying there's not there's going to be a dopamine here i mean there's a hit of like right yes great job you know you, because you put in that work it, it's like watching your investment pay off right it's like yeah. watching but realistically i mean now that your son's in high school and shout out to uh fred junior cuz he's on varsity as a freshman but his mom watches this show she's going to kill you he's a third oh he's a third i'm he, a junior oh excuse me oh you're right he is a third <laughs> you're right he is a third uh, you're right he is a third uh he um he i'm sure he's realizing now like yeah none of that shit mean nothing <laughs> it don't mean nothing now it meant nothing <laughs> And I, I, when I look at this, I don't, matter of fact, I don't even pay attention to it now. Right. Because I know it's meaningless. Right. Like, <laughs> I, wish, I, I want more kids and parents to understand it. Like, like it's great in the moment. And again, we all like to do things to a degree for, for recognition, for, mm -hmm. you know, you want you want your work appreciated. Nobody nobody's above that. No, like I'm not above that. Of course, I I like seeing my team. I like seeing my teams in the rankings, but I ultimately know that it doesn't mean anything once they get to high school. You know, it's just the temporary like great job, fellas. You know what I mean? All think of all the tournaments you won, all the trophies, all the big tournaments, everything. You know, again, took my team to uh, Bigfoot last year. Mm -hmm. We won it. 
not, not my 17, but my, you know, the 16U that I had um, with Alicia. Um, we won that. Great job. <laughs> but ultimately now, don't you know, doesn't mean much. You know what I mean? It's just like, hey, let's get on to the next year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you remember that 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 big thing we had on Instagram with the, the kids at one time when those rankings came out. And, yeah. And some comments were made and it turned into yeah, this yeah, whole yeah. big deal. I know. You I know, know, I was trying to explain to my kids then too, like, you guys look at look at this ranking list. There's eight teams ranked above you that we have destroyed. Right. Like it's like it doesn't mean anything. Like stop looking at that stuff. Like just just do what you do in your games. Develop yourself. Have a good time. And maybe down the line somewhere you might you might get something out of it. you might get a scholarship somewhere like exactly that, that's really it forget about those rankings but yeah and I, and it's just one of those things parents like that stuff yeah. too man and and you know that's it's like how places like grassroots and West Coast Elite I mean it's it, it's how they get their pull you mm-hmm. know uh, Bay Area uh, sports um, I think it's the, yeah, BAS they do they do a ranking system. and then, and to me there's nothing wrong with it especially on the team side cuz it does keep it competitive. It mm-hmm. is kind of nice to know it's it, it is kind of nice like for my 6th grade I can look at okay, Lake Show, you know, okay, they're Peyton's place, Oakland so and and now it gives them a gives my team a sense of like okay, we played them. Right. Hey, we got to go. Oh, you know what sure. I mean? Let's and and that helps inspire my team. I just try to advise people don't get so swept up in it. You know, don't don't, <laughs> don't get too swept don't. up in that. Uh, I wanted to talk about before we get to our last segment or whatever. I wanted to talk about uh, the CIF stuff, right? I know, I, I know. I'm pretty sure you've seen kind of the same stuff. I did a one minute segment on like with Kiku Parker and yeah. and uh, Jalen Newhouse. I know Kendall Lewis and shout out to all you seniors. A lot of these guys are, are are now seniors, and I and I watch you guys grow up. And and you know, I wish you all the best. Whether you've played for me, played against me. Um, I know some of your coaches uh, I've gone against for years can't stand my ass and it's okay too, but I want, I I really do hope you all get to have an opportunity to play college ball, whatever level it is and enjoy your senior year. But um, I alluded to in my uh, segment on it, just how CIF has so much power and can decide so much of these kids athletic fate, not even just in basketball, but in all sports. Um, I was curious of your take on it or if you had an opinion on it. Yeah, I I felt like that was crazy. I mean, just an isolated, you know, situation though, Kiku, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that, you know, guys on his senior year and can't hoop. Yeah. Right. Like why? Like what's the, what's the, and it's it's all from the word of his coach. You know what I mean? Like it's this, it's, we can't have this misconception. Again, coaches are, (laughs) coaches are people like, we would like to believe coaches don't have a bias. We would like to believe athletic directors and coaches don't have a resentment towards these kids or families, but let that's just unrealistic. We're human people in general have resentment or likes or dislikes of each other. There's people on the internet, like a guy, a polarizing guy like Andrew Tate, right? Just cause he's all over the place. There's people who legitimately don't know this man. They just seen quick segments of him on social media and they will go on the internet and say how much they hate him. Yeah. So clearly in human nature, there's just, we're going to like and dislike certain people. So to believe that high school coaches aren't capable of disliking a kid and just saying, I want to do this just because I don't like you or I'm mad at you. I think it's just, um, I, I, I think it's naive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I think there's got to be some, you have to be able to provide proof in my opinion, or something like that. If you're going to say, okay, this kid went to 
Kiko went to Grant because he knows the coach and the coach recruited him. Because that's basically what um, El Camino was trying to say. Mm-hmm. Don't you? I believe you have to provide some sort of evidence. It shouldn't be, oh yeah, we believe you. He's guilty. Now you got to provide evidence to prove the opposite. Right, and I agree with that. But for me, it's like st- even even if that was a situation. Why do you care? I, I know. Why do you care what a, a kid makes that decision to go play? That's just like like us. We've lost really good, high-talented kids to mm-hmm. other programs. But if we could, would we go in and say, uh, my kid was recruited, so he's going to have to sit out this AU season? Like, no, just no. give the kid the opportunity no. to go play. Exactly. Hopefully he does something big and he comes back and tells you, thank you for what you've done for him right. in the past. But that, I think that's, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know where, I don't know where this is going to end or if it ever will. I just think when you have, when you have entities that have absolute power with no accountability, it just, it breeds corruption. Yeah. You know, you just, you just can't help it because you basically just have a group of people that can just say, Yep, this kid can't play. Yep, he can play. He can't. He can't. She can. He can't. She can't. Like, and that's it. <laughs> there's no. There's no anything else. Nobody's holding him accountable. So, just was curious on on your side of it. Um, I want to get into my segment of respectfully disrespectful for guys who uh, know that one. So, Fred, please feel free to chime in as well if you want. So, the first thing I wanted to talk about, and maybe you've run into this. Varsity coaches at high school programs hating or dissing AAU coaches or looking at us as less than or, you know, treating us like we're the enemy somehow or some way instead of working with us. Um, did you have any take on that? Man, <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate right now to be in a situation where my son's with the, a coach that he's, he's very transparent. I mean, yes. he, he doesn't like AAU. But he respects it. Right. But at least he says it, right? He's not doing right. the right. mental BS or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, I took my son out of Chico because they were 100% against, you know, AAU. And I'm like, do you guys understand that every piece of talent you have on your team is from the development through AAU? They're not right. getting that from you and the few practices that you've done That's crazy. Them? It's like most of them don't even meet them till like eighth grade. It's like, well, who yeah. do you think had them? Right. <laughs> before right. you right do you think they learned that in middle school basketball like no like this came from them traveling and playing against competition and now when they come to you they're ready to go but a lot of, a lot of coaches look at you know when they say AAU they're saying you know they want to play one on one ball and you know some some AAU programs don't teach the kids anything so You're I, right. can, I can see the flip side where some coaches don't like it but like you gotta respect the ones who doing what we do. Like we're developing kids, bro. Like yep. I'm, I'm a trainer also, so I'm teaching them. Even like now, like I've got some of the kids up in Chico um, that come to my training sessions. It's like you gotta give some respect to the people that's getting your kids ready for you. Like you're yeah. winning games and having talent because of what we're doing. Absolutely. So I think that's crazy when some coaches just are completely against. AAU. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it stems from. Uh, in my experience, because you know, I've I coached high school level as well. You know, I, I had my stand at Whitney, and I did Encina, and I was at Capital for a little while, and obviously, and and let me speak to that in case everybody, because some people think like like let let me make this clear to y'all. 
I didn't leave Capital on bad terms. Me and Mike right. didn't have any issue. Um, it's just logistically it was difficult. I don't know if you guys understand this. Uh, maybe some people do to a degree, especially those who know me. But Kenji uh, doesn't really run YBA anymore. It's it's pretty much me who makes a lot of the decisions. Now, again, I'm not saying it like it makes me above anybody or anything, but I have a business to run here. And the logistical drive from Rancho to here without any freeways and having to go to practice for five days a week, it was just too difficult between the gas, the driving, the time. I couldn't commit to it. So – Eric took over and he's doing a phenomenal job there um, with that JV group. And so let me just make that clear to everybody, because I think some people think we left on bad terms. Mike, me and Mike are good. Like he knew everything that was going on. We talked about everything that was going on and it's nothing bad at all. It's just logistically I had to be here because at the end of the day, no one's going to run your business like you. So I had to make sure YBA was functioning in the right way. So that that was <laughs> – I just want to throw that out there because some people were thinking, like, there's some side of, uh, type of issue. But that's – I mean, I don't know. That's AE world in general. <laughs> um, so what, my last thing on my respectfully disrespectful part is there, there are AU programs out there, and – Maybe you've experienced this. Um, I know I experience it with YBA constantly. I I try to really make it a must. And, and when I mean try, I shouldn't even say try. I do. I really don't try to speak bad on other AAU programs, right? Even with some of the private information I know, even on my platform and show, and, some, and I've got some controversial sides of things because I call shit out on my show but mm -hmm. even there there's a lot of things I don't say let me just put it like that because it's not my business to say um I only speak on things that I know of and things that um are personal towards me but AAU programs speaking bad on other programs I'm not a big proponent of that and I was just curious of, of your take on that side of things. Well, you know, privately, you and I have kind of kind of talked about this a little bit. And, you know, I, I don't get too much in, in, in detail with it because, like you said, I I don't talk about it. Like, I'm not, right. I, I don't I don't know why anybody would have to talk bad about a program to make their program look good. Right. You know, like I, I just would never do that. I've never said one bad thing about anybody else's program. This is what I have for you, and, and this is what I offer. Either, either you like it and you come join me, or you don't. Right. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna tell you where you're going, is is hit this or that because that's not that's none of my business. Like, I don't like it. Right. You know what I mean? I yeah. I, I, I can't stand that. Um. And and dudes that do that or programs that do that, they lose a lot of my respect. Right. And I don't. Again, I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I guess. I guess a lot of the motivating factor you could say is money and just clout and things like that. You know, I, I, I know even for myself, um, um, I've seen, I've seen Instagram posts about YBA and, and myself in general, like namely me and you know, Dang. I, yeah, it's, it's just, it is what it is. I, and you know, people, I get, I know I get a lot of misconception. I think some people get of me and Elijah want talked about it on the show when he was the guest. He said, he says, man, he says a lot of people think, um, 
you have an ego or, you know, it's about you or something. And it's like, and Malajwa said, I don't look at it that way. You're just confident in who you are as a coach and, and what you're teaching your kids and, and you're confident in your kids as I think any coach should be. I don't, I don't go to a game to lose. Right. <laughs> so, but, but he's like, you come in, you do your thing. If people want to talk to you, you're, you're very, I try to be very approachable, but if I have a look on my face sometimes where I'm focused, well, yeah, it's because there's certain games like, for instance, when my eighth grade played your team constantly, yeah, I'm focused on that game because I know those games are going to get intense as right. they have plenty right. of times. Like, and it's never, um, for me, and I believe yourself, it's never on anything personal. It's the competitor in us. That's, that's normal. Right. And yeah, are there some teams that I see on the list? I'm like, okay, we're probably going to, beat them you know but I don't disrespect them or make them feel like they're less than I'm just right I'm just focusing on like okay that's the game we want you know what I mean you, you know those games you know like that's the team we want right I um I'm not quite sure where all the hate comes from I guess but again I, I guess it comes down to the individual you know I, I don't I don't hate to see other people thrive I don't hate to see other programs thrive but all I can do is focus on YBA I just know I hear a lot of rhetoric in terms of me saying, Oh, well, it's all about Chris's ego. It's all, it's like, dude, is this, there is no ego in this for me. If there was ego, I don't think we'd be sitting down and collaborating like I've asked you to do or Ryan, or if, if right, this, right. if this was all about me, I'm just saying, I, let me make this clear for y'all who's listening or checking this out on YouTube. Oh, and by the way, please subscribe. If I haven't said that already, subscribe, hit that follow, hit the notification. And then, um, for, for those who, don't get it. I'm trying to show that, yes, Fred wants something out of this collaboration. Ryan wants something out of this collaboration. I want something out of this collaboration. Right. That's how collaborating works. <laughs> Nobody gets 100% of what we want, but we all get something gained, right. if that makes sense. You know what I mean? When you have a treaty, when countries come together and make a peace treaty, no country gets 100% of what they want. That's not how it works. Right. Again, it's collaborating to work together to ultimately the goal is to help the kid, right? To help the kids and give them the platform and hopefully make us all look good <laughs> at the end of the day. And a lot of people have been asking me too, is like, why, why would you think about collaborating? Like you got a really good team and you guys are already winning and you know, why collaborate with teams that you've already beat before and a lot of things like that, but they don't understand that there's, there's such a bigger picture and yeah, we can we can win some games locally. Yeah, the teams we're collaborating with can win some games locally. But when we all travel, it's tough. Yeah. Oh, it's very tough. People don't understand what these programs are doing. Like for my my Atlanta Celtic team, man, we had duels from all over Georgia. Yeah. Like yeah. we pull from all over Georgia to build that team. Right. So if we don't do that in our area, you know, there's 30 teams in Sacramento. Yeah. It's diluted. Right. You know, yeah, we probably can, more than that. Yeah, we can beat up on each other <laughs> right. locally, but to to travel afar and try to be one of the best teams in the nation, yeah, like you're gonna have to do some kind of collaborating. You got to come together with some people to to make that work. And the bigger picture is bringing attention to Sacramento. Yes, whether that's whether that's YBA or a CTB or Clutch or you know whatever team yeah. it is, like we want the attention to come back to Sacramento. The coaches are following Sacramento, and now. Maybe now you're playing against a YBA and you yeah. can be seen. Like, yes. Like you don't know where that'll take us. So 
you know, that's that's, you know, to answer anybody that's you know, wants to know why why would you do that? That's why. Like I, I have a bigger picture of it. I got kids that that are little right now that's gonna mm-hmm. be coming up. Yeah. They'll be playing in the area at some point. You know, my son still got four years right. to play in his area. So, you know, we wanna bring that attention to Sacramento and why not have a, a big program here? Right. That's getting that same attention where, you know, obviously you you guys are getting it anyways. Um, to a degree, know, but like you said, we got to claw our way up. You know what right. I'm saying? You're getting it. You're getting it on the West Coast. Right. But nationally, yeah. you know, East Coast, down South, it'd be nice if, if you know, I went to visit home in Atlanta and they were like, oh, YBA. Yeah, you know, like we've heard about them or that'd something. That would be nice. Yeah. And you guys, are, you guys are halfway there. You know, you have that where me, I'm, you know, I'm little man on the totem pole. Like I've, I've made some strides, but. You know how long it's take me to get to that <laughs> right, right. by myself? Like, yeah, you're it's right. impossible. So, you know, I'd rather just have that attention come into the area and we have our big program where we don't have to try to go to a Team Lillard or the Soldiers or, you know, Lake Show or Compton Magic, yeah. which, you know, much respect to all those programs. Those, the, You know, they're dope. But they're they, further. They've, they've done the work. West right. Coast Elite, they've yeah. done the work. Yeah. Now – let us let us have our terms so. and and with and that and like you said that's the ultimate goal i'm trying to build a sacramento cuz you know kind of the two teams well let me think i want to say the three teams that you would say are kind of at equal levels is rose city with the rye circuit right they're doing the rise that's where we were you know last year and you have us and uh phps mm-hmm. in terms of the two adidas like you know uh shout out to Dwayne. i know I'm going to end up playing you guys at some point. You know what I mean? Like we're the two Adidas gold teams in this Sacramento area. And then you have one um, UA rise team, which is Rose city, right? The, we are the only three teams that, and as far as I know that are associated with, you know, the shoe circuit areas and whatnot. Um, obviously one of us is trying to get to the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Get to the varsity side, right? Um, PHPS has been doing it a while. Um, and Rose City's been doing it a few years now. So, obviously, YBA, we're taking a crack at it, right? So, to me, collaboration is key. I need to – I like bridging gaps and need to reach out. And plus, the bigger picture is I want people to see black men be able to work together because, unfortunately, we do have this stigma. We do have this tendency to think or act in um, only our individual outcomes. Mm-hmm. And they don't see us collaborate enough. That's something we, you know, we talk about it. You hear it all the time, just recurring in our culture. Like, black people don't work together, don't work together. So I think if they see me, you, and Ryan make this a successful year, doesn't mean if we don't get a triple SB contract, it wasn't successful. No, I think if we collaborate together, the kids have a great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, coaches get paid and not have to pay to coach. And, and you know, everybody's has a good basketball experience and a and a great fighting chance to develop and go out there and win. I think that's a win overall. That's just my opinion. So, you know, it, it, if you want to piggyback on that or anything that's, like that, but that's that's me. You said the biggest thing at the end is develop. You know, if we get that development out of it, then we gain what we were going to gain in any other situation anyways. Yeah. So no matter where the kids are going to play, you know, like I, I still got my own, you know, schedule that my yeah, yeah, adventures are going to do. And, you know, we still want to go to those tournaments and develop. Yes, you know, absolutely. That's the, that's the biggest thing, you know, what I've talked to my son about is, you know, no matter where you're playing, like me and your high school coach has things that we need you to work on mm-hmm. for your next high school year. 
So you need to develop. So this is just another platform that, you know, we, we, we got a, we got an end goal that we want to try to reach. But at the same time, as long as we're developing throughout it, you know, we're still going to win. All right. Well, Fred, I appreciate you being here, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for taking the time. Sorry we're a little behind because Johan had to set up and whatnot, but uh, no, I appreciate it. Before I get out of here, uh, I want to do my shout-outs real quick. Shout-out to Coach Patrick at uh, Sac State. I think you're doing a great job, man. You're making kids um, enjoy and want to go back to Sacramento State and look at that as a viable option. Ryan, shout out to you at Touch Shooting Brother. Um, we'll be talking soon. I know I'm going to sit you down on this couch and we're going to have some good conversation too. The seniors of high school, again, congratulations. Enjoy your last set of games. Playoffs is about to hit for uh, high school. So, you know, uh, good luck to all the teams out there. Uh, Kai, Kai Huntsbury, one of my former players who's out there killing at the D1 level right now. I'm proud of you, man. Want to give you a shout out as well. Uh, Phil, Phil Handy for the LA Lakers. Again, thank you for your help. Thank you for sponsoring that team with uh, Ryan. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, that goes well, which it looks like it's all forming and coming together perfect. Shine, uh, can't wait to get you on the show, brother. And Andre, you as well. Congratulations again, being a McDonald's All-American. Uh, did you have any shout outs, Fred, or anything like that you wanted to say? No, not really, man. Um, you know, I, I've kind of kept to myself, so... You know, shout out to just, you know, the kids that have been staying with me, you know, the ones that are loyal, you know, the parents that are loyal, you know, I appreciate that. And, you know, I just, you know, an opportunity for me now is, you know, I want everybody to understand that I'm kind of branching into Sacramento with my training. So, you know, I want to open up my training platform to if anybody's looking for that fundamental training. Again, your kid could be three years old or 17 years old, you know. <laughs> They can still come to my training. So. And, yeah, and he's going to be working, and that's part of our deal, too. He will be. I'm going to allow uh, uh, Fred to use some gym time here at, at YBA. So um, we're going to collaborate as far as the training uh, programs there. I'll have links for um, his social media and stuff if you want to, if you guys, if your parents or anyone on YouTube want to reach out and get a hold of him. So please feel free to uh, check that out. Again, Fred, man, uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for so, taking the time, brother. Appreciate you having me here. Thank All you. right, man. Uh, everybody be safe out there. Subscribe. We are out.